0: How's it going, everybody? I'm AJ, and in this episode, I'm going to be ranting about the 2015 horror film, Green Room. So I have seen this movie before. I watched it the year it came out, back in 2015, with a buddy Lee Jennings, actually. And I remember I liked it a lot. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but I certainly wasn't as versed in film back then, at least production-wise. So I thought it was good. I was really looking forward to it based on a lot of the trailers. The If you don't know, the... Idea is a punk rock band plays at a uh, like an alt right compound like a like a neo nazi group and they accidentally witness a murder and so it's them trying to survive inside this compound and I thought the idea was really cool so I was looking forward to the movie I saw it thought it was good and that was really it I, I haven't watched it since but it's since been put on Netflix and. I was hyped to watch it again, so I finally got around to watching it, and I liked it a lot more now. Certainly after uh, learning a lot more about film since I started my film degree, and this movie is something really, really special. The film is written and directed by a guy named Jeremy Solnier. I haven't seen his other work except for Blue Ruin. I did watch that, and I actually think Green Room is a lot better it did come out 2 years after Blue Ruin. I think Blue Ruin is, is good, but I think Green Room was a real testament to his, what he learned from his previous work. And so this was written and directed by him. And so obviously it, like the biggest draw I feel like for this movie the reason why a lot of people heard about it was because Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, sorry, plays the antagonist in this film. He plays the leader of his neo-Nazi group, which I think is incredible just because we're so used to Patrick Stewart playing a certain type, the hero type, frankly, and seeing him play something as evil as a neo-Nazi is, I think is really great. And so there's, I think uh, it was on the Graham Norton show where there was some show where someone interviewed him asking him why he agreed to do Green Room. And according to Patrick Stewart, he said he read the script and was so scared by it that he like, Turned on like his like floodlights, whatever like his like uh, the the lights like on his on his porch in his backyard and stuff, and like he was terrified after reading the script. So that I mean that's a big sell certainly, and so I believe the the movie does warrant that to a degree. I think it's a situational horror movie, so I, I certainly wouldn't call it scary in a traditional sense, but it's one of those films like like I've talked about on here before, you know, the frozen 127 hours, it's horror, but it's because the situation is horrible. Not necessarily because, oh my God, that scene terrified me. Like it, it, it's not that kind of movie, certainly not that kind of horror movie. And I would be more inclined to call it a thriller above horror. But according to IMDb, the, uh, the categories go, the genre rather is horror music than thriller. I think music should be absolutely. Li- I, don't, I don't believe it ultimately matters like how much weight each genre carries, but from my perspective, it should be horror, or a thriller, horror, and then music, sure, because the 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 cast mem- the the main heroes are technically in a band. So I don't know how I feel about breaking down the plot for you guys. I assume if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. It just seems odd going through like beat by beat what happens in the movie. So. I think what I'm going to do to compromise there is I'm just going to go really, really broad strokes. There's a band of, I think there's like five people in the band. They are like garage band, just dripping garage band to the point where like they are siphoning gas to try to make it through this quote tour where they're playing in like restaurants and stuff. And they're like heavy metal, which I mean, I'm not into, but apparently no one else is either because it's like they're just not getting gigs. And so they're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go home. And they need gas money to get home. So they agreed to do this gig. And the the manager guy who gives them the gig is clear. They're like, yeah, a bunch of skinheads. It should be okay. Just, you know, play some heavy music and you'll be good. They're going to pay you a couple hundred bucks. Which, uh, the one of the first scenes they showed them doing a gig, they get paid like six bucks each. So this is a big deal for them to get a couple hundred dollars because that's what's going to get them home. So... They go to this compound, and there's a bunch of neo-Nazis, alt-right skinheads, and they're doing their thing, and so they're, the people that are hosting them is like, all right, here's your green room, uh, you know, we're going to do sound check, you guys are going to be good to go, and like, all right, so whatever. So they go, do their gig, and when they come back, they see, like, all of their bags and stuff are, like, in the hallway, and they're like, what's going on? They're like, sorry, had to make room for the headliners, and they're like, okay, whatever. So they're about to leave, they get paid, and our main character uh, Anton, played by Anton Yelchin, rest in peace. He was uh, famous from Star Trek. He's like, oh crap, I forgot my phone. So he goes into the the green room and he sees a dead body and with a, a knife in her, a uh, chick with a knife in her head and a bunch of people freaking out. So he clearly just came, walked in right after a murder happened. He's like, oh crap. So they like grab them and uh, like basically at that point it becomes everyone is freaking out and the murderers, the neo-Nazis are trying to contain the situation and like you guys can't go anywhere now. And that's when the movie really kicks off. So I don't feel like I've seen a lot of movies like this, which it's interesting. It takes as realistic approach as possible to the situation, which I really appreciate now and was very confused by initially. So, things go pop off. There's a guy that works for the, the neo-Nazi. He's in the room with the band with a gun. It's like everyone chill, relax. Well, we're introduced to a new character of, uh, Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I got to look up the chick's name, uh, played by Immigrant boots. That's a fun name. And, uh, she was friends with a victim and they're like, everyone chill, everyone relax. We're going to wait for the boss to get here and we're going to figure it out. So like, they're getting false promises of, we're calling the cops, don't worry, things are going to work out. Long, very long story short, things don't go right, Patrick Stewart shows up, and it becomes clear that the band is not making it out of the compound alive. And what I really, really like from this is Patrick Stewart plays it really smart. And the, the realistic reason, because it's like, okay, why don't the neo-Nazis just go in there and kill him? They can't just disappear. That's not realistic there'd be an investigation, people are going to go to jail, there's way too much, like, proof and breadcrumbs around to prove that these this band ended up at this compound. So his idea is to make it look like they were trespassing, trying to siphon gas from them, which, at that point, they have every right, you know, according to the law, to kill them. And so it also makes for what I am the most happy with they can't just come in and shoot them because that'd be too easy too easy plot-wise. It'd be really boring if it just got sh- everyone got shot at the end. So instead, they're like, we're going to use dogs, we're going to use knives because we have to make this legit. So that eliminates the whole, like, why don't they just walk in and just shoot everyone in the face? That's why. Because they have to make it seem as though they were attacked by dogs, that they got, you know, they attacked them. You know, the band attacked the Nazis, so they stabbed them in their self-defense. So it... It cleaned a plot hole that I'm often irritated with with these kinds of films. So that's what they're deciding to do. And so at a certain point, the band's like, all right, we have to take action. And they start, there's a moment, which I love. This movie's built on tension. And I, I know I'm fairly scatterbrained here, but it's because I'm really trying to get my ducks in a row when it comes to explaining the plot, but also explaining my thoughts on it. This movie's built on tension. So it's the long, moments that are being lingered on that is just in the music is slowly building that is really te- it, it builds tremendous tension so at a certain point Patrick Stewart's like on the other side of the door is like hey guys cops are on their way as far as we're concerned you guys you know are taking my dude hostage in there and they're like no 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 because at that point they took the gun away from the guy that was inside the room and because, you know, like, one of the guy knows like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So he, you know, puts the guy in like an arm bar and this crap. It's really, it, I think it's really cool showing how they are actually capable in this situation. But Patrick Stewart's like, you know, give up the gun and we'll be good. So <laughs> there's this awful but awesome moment where the main character is like, okay, we'll give you the gun, but we're going to keep the bullets. And Patrick Stewart's like, fair enough. So he reaches. He cracks the door open, starts handing him the knife or the, the, the gun rather, and he gets attacked by the people hiding behind the door and they start jacking up his arm and you don't necessarily see what's going on, but you see him screaming and you hear a bunch of like cutting noises. And when dude pulls his arm back, his arm is mutilated, like his wrist is barely hanging on and it's awful. And I think it's just a great, shocking moment. Because a we're not we weren't sure that this is how this film is going to be like gore wise, and B it shows a real threat, and C it's awful because this dude's in a band and now his arm is ruined. His arm is all but gone at this point, and so like the movie does a great job of constantly putting the characters back in that room. So like they'll come out, they'll see they're overwhelmed, they'll run back in the room. You know they'll they're it it's like a safe haven. Ironically enough, the green room is the place they feel. Like they have the most control and they're the safest. So during that uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu dude snaps uh, the dude's arm and he puts him in this uh, in a sleeper hold. And it, it's so interesting that I feel like we've never seen this in a movie before, not that I could think of, where the guy's choking him out. And it's such a, again, it's so full of tension and pressure because <laughs> like he chokes him out and they're like, oh, okay. Uh, they're, they're calm, and then the dude starts like kind of waking up again because that's how it works in real life. If you put someone in a rear naked choke, they pass out for a couple seconds, and then they're they're back to life. So he holds him, and he holds the sleeper hold, and he holds it even longer because he's trying to kill him at that point because it's dangerous because the guy had a box cutter, the guy had a gun. So, and that like uh, they're like, how do we know it worked? And this the new chick cuts his stomach open with a box cutter. It's really gross. So. After that what I really like the next scene is a part where I was kind of upset initially the first time I watched it and I could certainly understand why a lot of people would be upset by this. The second time I watched it I actually really really appreciated it. The group, you know, grabs whatever weapons they can get, box cutter, gun, fire extinguisher, like they whatever they can get their hands on. They decide that they're like, screw it. We're gonna make it out of this room. We gotta run, get some help. We're not gonna stay in this room. So they go out of the room, and the neo Nazis have dogs, and in a, I'm talking a, less than a minute, everybody but like all but like three of the people die. One dude makes it out, like jumps out the window and just gets stabbed, 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 stabbed by this dude. Another guy gets his throat torn out by a by a dog. And they all like end up running back into the green room, and just like that, we've lost a ton of our characters because it's not a big group to begin with. So, I liked it a lot because that is how it would work in reality. These are a bunch of band nerds. One dude is you know knows some BJJ, but they're a bunch of band geeks who are un- outgunned and outmanned by this alt group who we can imagine are super efficient at killing. So like it just, it just makes sense. Cause it's not like in the movies where the group somehow is able to overpower everybody and they make it out perfectly fine. No, this kills two birds with one stone because it establishes that this, the bad guys are a super genuine threat. And it also shows these guys, they are our, our main characters are not prepared for this and they are unqualified for this. So, I really loved it in hindsight or in, in this this viewing. The first time I was a little I'm like, "Oh, man, I wanted like some better deaths or something." It's I think it's the more realistic approach, which again, this movie's built on realism. So they go back in the room, they discover like a underground like little lab area. I think they were like cooking heroin or making heroin, I don't know what you do to heroin, but they they find that and eventually one of the guys who was like they're in to get this gig to begin with. Like the, this guy's cousin was their manager or for some kind of reason. He has some kind of relation to them. He shows up and is like, let me, to Patrick stories. like, let me talk to them. Let me see what I can do. He like grabs a knife, goes in, finds sees the dead body, realizes that's his girlfriend because that guy and that girl, were going to leave the compound, which is a no, no, I guess. So they do that. And the guy's like, all right, I'm going to get you guys out of here. I know the area. I know the land. We'll get out of here. Fine. So like, there's this moment and keep in mind, I've seen this movie before they're making it out. Cause are they're, they're building that they were in is all but empty. Now they're going around. He's like, yeah, I know it keeps shotguns. He's like explaining like, yeah, there's like a river over here. There's a blah, blah over here in the middle of him talking. He gets his head freaking blown off by a shotgun. Cause the more guys come into the room and it's, I can't describe how shocking a death that is. I don't feel like it's ever gonna make a top ten list on like Watch Mojo, but my god, I've seen the movie before again, and I totally forgot, and it completely made my jaw drop. I was just taken back by it. I thought it was insane, and then we unfortunately lose another character, which we lose. It's uh oh man, what is her name? I'm gonna be so sad. It's maybe from Arrested Development. Aaliyah Shawkat, she play. I I know her, and like most people know her as Maybe from of Development. She dies unfortunately, so all we're left with is Amber, which is played by Imogen Poots, and Pat, played by Anton Yelchin. He dude got his arm all but cut off. It comes down to them, and there's this cool moment where we do kind of get the the like they the group finally rises to the occasion, where they like. And they like sharp each other's faces up like warriors and because there's this cool little like story little thing where Pat's car- uh, Pat tells the story. He's like, yeah, one time me and my friends went paintballing and we had to play against these Marines and they just destroyed us. And I cowered and I was scared. And then like we had to play our game. So these, the two surviving characters decide to play their game. And there's this really cool, like outsmart mousetrap type, situation where two nazis come in there to to finish the job and there's bamboozlings and tricks and like there's this cool thing where the guy has a shotgun one of the bad guys has the shotgun but he only has like three shots and they're counting the shots out so you know guy hides behind the corner baits him to shoot pop and then like you hear the two people shouting two shots left like it's really cool i feel like we don't get to see that very often i mean if you look at the situation as a as a whole really take a step back it's just Two v two, and there's two guns. There's a shotgun with three shots, and like a fully loaded handgun, and that's really it. And it's just the two good guys kill the two bad guys. But like the way they handle the scene, the way it, there's tension, and there's a whole like bamboozling, and like you just you you see that as much as the good guys are trying, they're just not prepared for this. But guess what? Neither are the bad guys because they're they these are the new guys. So we finally get the they they make it out. And they, they go to their van and they see that they were the bad Patrick Stewart and them were setting it up to look like they were trying to siphon gas out of another truck. And the two are here, two surviving heroes take out some of the bad guys. And then there's this cool little like standoff moment and Patrick Stewart takes off and like starts shooting and they start shooting and like they kill Patrick Stewart, which is interesting. I don't feel like I've ever, I, I take that back. I thought it right now, I saw, I saw him die in, uh, in Logan and that was it. And then with this movie. So the two characters sit down, they are home free. And there's this, I like this bit that they kind of step on a trope. There is a recurring segment where the, the group, the band is being interviewed by this guy very early in the movie. And the guy asks him, all right, what's your desert island you know, desert Island band. And they start like like, thrasher, like all these like heavy band group things with the real, like expected answer from this type of band, especially from the, the tone they're trying to convey as a band. And then as things start unraveling and the group is facing death, they open up with their real Desert Island answers, which is a lot more like one character uh, pop and stuff. So like one one character goes like Simon and Garfunkel. One character is like Madonna. And like, it's really cool seeing the facade fall and them just be stripped down to their genuine humanity. And but our main character never has an answer. First time, he's like, I don't know. Even when everyone's confessing their real answers, he still says, I don't know. So at the very end of the movie, there's, he has survived with this new stranger, their new friend or whatever, the stranger. They're sitting down. They just murdered a bunch of people. And he goes, I know what my desert island band is. And the, the, the his friend, whatever, Amber's like, yeah, tell somebody who cares. And then the credits roll. <laughs> it's just, It's really good because a cliche. I mean, that's a cliche in a lot of these movies where at the end, the hero is like, figures out his priorities and he's, you know, would have said his real band or something. And the the band would have been like symbolism or whatever. But like the fact that the only person who survived with him is this stranger who to be clear was in on this uh, old neo-Nazi compound thing. And she's just like, I don't, freaking care at this point I don't know I don't like you we're in this situation and so I thought it was really great it was true to the character and it made this movie for sure different in that regard so that's that's the whole movie and I know it doesn't seem like a lot but again this is a movie built on tension it's a movie built on realism and what would what would it really be like if A band, a rock band, got stuck inside of a compound by the bunch of skinheads. And it's interesting. And upon the second viewing, I liked it a lot. The first time I saw it, I liked it fine. I probably would have given it a solid, you know, B, maybe a B minus. But with this second viewing and knowing more about film, I got to give this one a solid, I'll give it a solid B plus. I think it's very good. It's the exact scale that it needed to be. I am looking forward to more of what Jeremy Solnir does in the future. I thought the performances were really great. The reason I didn't give it an A is, you know, it could have been a little bit more artsy. This is more, you know, small, artsy type film. The The guy who did, he, uh, Jeremy Solnir, the director and writer, he also did was pretty artsy in Blue Ruin. And ironically enough... I liked the action more in green room, but I liked a lot more of the artistic parts of blue ruin. So I think if you would have combined the two, you would have had a solid a, but I think there just, there could have been more, more cool shots, more better composition. I think that the, the setting and all that stuff is great. But again, they could have had the, the neo-Nazis been more, uh, thematic i guess for this movie and i know that kind of sounds weird to to wrap your head around but like it's um they are neo-nazis but that doesn't really play too much into the plot it could have been any group uh, i wish they would have just had more uh more character in the, the in the neo-nazis but 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 to be clear to to defend that against myself i will say patrick stewart was a wonderful villain the oh man i'm gonna i'm so mad i'm forgetting guy's name Uh, Macon Blair, who plays a character named Gabe. Ironically enough, he was the lead in Blue Ruin. First of all, I love this dude. He's just I like popping up. I like his face. He just seems so like a. He just seems like a good dude. And also, he's a fantastic actor from the things I've seen him in. He uh cameoed in Florida Project too, another A twenty four movie. Loves his A twenty four movies, I guess. So, just though there were great performances there, I just can't give it an A because I feel like the, as a film there could be some improvement but a B plus is nothing to be upset about. I think that with a little bit of nudging this could make it to an A but again B plus I loved it. It's still good. It's not great or perfect but I think it is a very good movie that is available on Netflix. I highly recommend you check it out. If you like thrillers if you like tension I highly recommend you check it out and if there's anything you'd like for me to take a look at send me an email at genregeekscast at gmail.com the me and the guys are shooting every Monday at 8 30 central on twitch.tv slash genre geeks where we record our podcast we answer every email we get we answer every question we get sent to us on Facebook which you know facebook.com slash genre geeks we have a discord channel where we feature every meme we get sent And we also have our recommendations and homework and it's just, it's a great place if you really want to engage and be a part of the show. If there's anything you want me to take a look at, let me know there or send me an email and until next time, bye.